wonder what stories are going through your minds as you sing that as you're singing all my life you have been faithful I know you've got stories going through your head because I have stories going through my head about the faithfulness of God in fact some of you have been with God for a very long time and so you're flooded with stories of God's faithfulness. Can, can I just ask a question? Um, can a person like get saved yesterday and today sing, all my life you have been faithful? Really? It's true. Your goodness is running after it's running after me. How awesome is that? I mean, we could tell stories all day long. We, we could have, I could have people come up to a microphone and we could just have people tell stories. This is what's in my head when I sing that song. This is the story that came to my mind that was just God's goodness was showered over me and, and shown to me or how he ran after me. His goodness came running after me. And as I was preparing this, the one that came to my mind, and, and I have just rehearsed so many times, because I have been following the Lord for a very long time. But the one time that sticks out more than any other, I mean, of course, outside of the day I was saved, but this is just God's goodness in my life, is when Robin and I were first married in um, 1985. In the first service, somebody over here, and I, I'm still, they need to repent. When I said 85, they went, oh, wow. You know, you remember those first days when you're just, get, you're just married and you're just trying to get your feet on the ground. And I was finishing up college. Robin had already finished college, and I still had to go to school. So I was working in construction, and I was working as much as I could and going to school. Robin was working. She was pregnant with our first child, Amber. And uh, we didn't have much money. And, you know, you're just making, making it work, right? In any way you can, beg, borrow, or steal. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. I remember this one, uh, this one day I went to work, like I always did, and I, she packed me a lunch, and my lunchbox um, had good food in it, and I ate a good lunch. And I came home. Of course, I'm working construction. I'm hungry, and I want to eat. Like, hey, what's for dinner? And nothing, nothing was made for dinner. And I'm like, what's for dinner, babe? And she said, um, 
we don't have anything to eat. And I'm like, it's not true. We have something to eat. She goes, no, seriously, I gave you the last of our food in your lunch today. And I said, babe, we got to have something in the house. I mean, open the refrigerator. We got to have food in the refrigerator. Well, we did. You know, we had like ketchup. We are going to eat ketchup for dinner, you know, and we had stuff like that, but we didn't have any food to eat. And I said, well, certainly in the freezer, we got stuff to eat. She goes, the freezer freezer's empty. And I said, well, open the cupboards. We got a can of soup somewhere. She goes, we don't have anything, Phil. And I said, I don't believe you. I, I, go to the, I go to the cupboard, and you know what I found? We were out of food. But there were some Ritz crackers and peanut butter. There was a jar of peanut butter and some Ritz crackers in the, in the cupboard. And I said, get ready, babe. It's time to eat. And I got the Ritz crackers down, and I got the peanut butter down. And we sat down on the floor because we, back in those days, we didn't have furniture. We went to, like, Walmart and bought these big throw pillows and threw them on the sides of the wall and we lean up against the walls. So we're sitting on the floor and we sit down. I mean, is, is this, it's like yesterday to me. And we prayed. And we thank the Lord that you've never let us down. And we, I said, let's just thank the Lord for this peanut butter and, and Ritz crackers. So we finished our prayer and we started making Ritz cracker sandwiches and we were, watched this little TV we had this little 8 inch TV black and white thing that had like an antenna on it and we had to put cellophane or not cellophane not cellophane foil on it you know to get the channel and um, we, we were watching some show and, and we were eating our, our meal and um, a knock came on the door came to the door now I didn't know we were out of food. It's not like we had made, you know, I'd gone out and broadcast to anybody. Nobody knew we were out of food. Robin hadn't told anybody we were out of food. But a knock came to the door, and I went to the door. I said, who could, who could that be? And I go to the door, and nobody's there, but there is a giant bag of groceries sitting on the front doorstep. And it was like a, there was like a loaf of bread in there. There were some eggs in there. And all I remember, really, is that there were a couple of T-bone steaks in there. And I said, fire up the grill, babe, because we did have charcoal. I said, fire up the grill. We're going to eat tonight. And we ate, and we were so thankful. And we just, whenever I sing songs like that, like we just sang, you're, that you have been so, so good, that story comes to my mind all the time. I don't even know how many times. You've probably heard me tell that story before. testament, testimony of the goodness of God. But I want to ask you a question. Would God have been good if the groceries didn't appear on the front porch? Where's the enthusiasm? You See, this is worship in the round, so if I'm talking back here, you guys don't get a break. You're still in it, right? we have a problem understanding if God is good or not. And like some people actually have a real problem whenever the whenever you run out of food and and some and you don't have the end of the story that somebody showed up on your doorstep with the food. In fact, I remember in college, when I was in college, I mean, I had a hard time paying my bill and I never had like a mysterious check for $1000 show up in my mailbox. 
to pay off. And it's exactly the amount I need. I remember some guys would say, you know, I had, my bill was $236.50 and I got a check in the mail for $236.50. Praise the Lord. And I would sit there and go, I could really use a check like that, Lord. And, and I never got a check like that. Does that mean that God's not good to me and he's good to other people? Like I wasn't doing enough. How do you determine the, the goodness of God? How do you detect the goodness of God? I have, you know what this is? You, you know what this is because you see those dudes at the beach. You know, and I mean, some of them are like really hard. Are you one of those guys? I saw you at were you the guy with the snorkel and like underwater and all I saw was this and you were out there in the water because you think somebody like actually dropped a bar of gold out there and you're going after the bar of gold, right? <laughs> what are guys looking for or girls looking for when they're out here with one of these things? What are they looking for? Yeah, we're looking for treasure, okay? They're looking for something valuable, right? And so they're checking things out and going everywhere. Well, I'm calling this not a metal detector. I'm calling this a so, so good detector, a so, so good meter, okay? So is this how it works that God is so, so good if oh, well, your wife's got goodness on her, but you don't have goodness on you. I mean, I'm checking for a metal knee or something, nothing in it. Nope, that's her. That's her. That's, that's all Kathy's bling. Do you have, do you have goodness of God on you? Oh, yep. How about you? Do you have the goodness of God? Do you? Ooh. Are you carrying or what? What do you got in there? Do you have a pacemaker? Do you really? Oh, that would have been cool. This thing's picking up a pacemaker. <laughs> you know what? I have a picture of you. I have a video of you dancing in a Baptist church. I love that you love the Lord and you dance before the Lord this morning. That is so awesome. Is God only good when this thing lights up? He's good all the time. But sometimes we get stuck because if the beeper's not going, if the meter's not beeping on our world, on our life, we think, well, has God left us? God's not good anymore, right? The reality is that God's goodness is not dependent. We sang about it. He, it's not dependent about whether we can see it or whether we can feel it. God is good all the time. I'm going to prove it to you. This is not my idea, okay? I want to prove it to you, and I'm going to take you to, second, or to Titus 2.11 and show you something, okay? It's going to be on the screen, or you can look it up on your, in your Bibles. It's Titus. It's in the New Testament. This is what it says. The grace of God, the grace of God, okay, you got that? Has been revealed. Has been revealed revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Now, we use that word grace a lot in Christianity. 
But here's what this word literally means. It means unmerited favor, unmerited kindness, unmerited blessing, and unmerited goodness. And so Paul wants us to know that the grace of God, the the unmerited favor of God, the kindness of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God has been, already been revealed and is bringing salvation to all people. Now that's really good news, my friends, in a world that doesn't have a whole lot of good news in it right now. How many of you, like you're done watching the news? Okay, good. The rest of you do it, okay? Just take a break from it. There's like no good news anymore. I'm I'm starving for good news. I'm starving for something positive. But it's not out there right now. But this is really good news in the midst of that kind of world. It has appeared. His grace has appeared on the scene. And it has been revealed. I want to take you to the third chapter of Titus. Now, Paul's writing to believers here. He's not writing to unbelievers, okay? He's writing to people who already know the Lord. And this is what he says to them in verse 3. You were once foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Now, that's what we were before we were in Christ. But, verse 4, when God our Savior revealed his goodness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous or good things that we had done. That's not what saved us. But because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through who, my friends? Through who? Come on, say it out loud. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of His grace or His kindness, His goodness, His mercy, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Can I just say to you that this wraps up the Christmas story, the season we're going into. The discussion about the birth of Jesus Christ and his entrance into the world. All of this, if you realize, all that I just read to you is in the past tense. It's already been done. The grace, the goodness, and the kindness of God has already been revealed. And he, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, burst onto the scene of this dark world. And with him came all of God's glory and all of God's grace and all of God's goodness and all of his kindness and all of his love. And then he set his eyes on you and me and his goodness came running after us. You did not run after God. You did not seek after God. You did not cry out to God. God came running after you. Praise the Lord for that. The Bible says that while you were still a sinner, Jesus died for you, and he came and shed his blood for you, and he came running with his Holy Spirit to draw you into a relationship with him. His goodness came running after you. 
Does that excite you a little bit, Larry? That get you cranked up a little bit, Larry? Does that get you cranked up? Just the thought of that. His goodness came running after you, and you didn't do anything to deserve it. In fact, quite the contrary, Paul said. Quite the contrary. You were really messed up, and you were really in a dark place. And he came running after you. How awesome is that? All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so So we get into this next part with every breath that I am able. I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Now, this is where it gets a little weird and convicting, okay? He didn't come running after you and save you so that you will be selfish with his goodness. I'm preaching to myself right now. He actually came running after us, the scripture says, and he came to us and he saved us and he brought his goodness into our lives and he convicted us and he raised us to be his, raised us up to be his children and he delivered us out and translated us out of the dominion of darkness which is in the world and translated us into his own kingdom light and now we're children of God forever saved, gloriously saved. He didn't do that for us to hang on to it and to be selfish with it and say good for me. I don't have any for you. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The church is supposed to rise up in its appreciation, in its gratitude because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives and because he came running after us and because he loved us and because he's so, so good and go to the whole world and say, God is so, so good. I want you to have this goodness of God. I want you to experience what I have. I want to give you everything that God has given me. I didn't deserve it. I was messed up. In fact, I was more messed up than you. And he came to me, and I just want you to know I've got really good news. You can come to him. And he, he entrusts us with that message. He plants his goodness in us, and then he says, now you go out and share the goodness with everybody else. What's wrong with us? Somebody showed me this picture this week drives me out of my mind and I want to show it to you my friends look at that we are children of the king we are children of the lion of Judah but we are not Dorothy's lion we're not the cowardly lion And yet we act like it. We have inside of us the Lion of Judah. 
in the form of the powerful Holy Spirit of God to enable us to take his message to an entire world who needs to know that his goodness is running after them. And yet the church is like powerless right now. I'm telling you, the church needs to rise up and the world needs the church to rise up right now like never before. And I, I don't know. I wish I could do something. I don't know what to do except to plead with you. Let's go change the world with the message that God is so, so good. And his goodness is running after people who are lost. There's nothing that showcases the goodness of God and the coming of Jesus into the world that we are getting ready to celebrate in the next couple of weeks. Jesus came to save sinners. I just have to ask, you know, like you might be sitting here and you don't, maybe you got suckered in to coming to a worship in the round and right now you're going, what am I into right now? You don't know the Lord. Maybe you're online thinking this wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but you're still listening. I just want to say to you, if that is you, you're hearing this on purpose. You're hearing this right now because the Holy Spirit of God is running after you. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is running after you. His goodness is coming after you. And the invitation is you can be saved today. You can do what many people already in here have already done, and that is repent of your sins and come to Jesus and receive his gift of salvation because he wants to save you. And I want to help you with that. If you're in the building today and you don't know the Lord, I want you up here in the front. You're here because the Lord loves you. And I would love to share with you how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're online, please reach out to us and help us help you find Jesus. The remainder of the morning is going to be centered about his appearance at Christmas and the revelation spoken of where he was revealed to the world and the goodness of God was revealed through Jesus Christ when he came. And it might be awkward for you if you're visiting with us here, um, if you're online and you don't understand what church is all about, but we... Every single time we meet, we take an opportunity to give gifts to the Lord. And those gifts are financial. And we, we give our gifts to the Lord through our tithes and our offerings. Not because we have to, not because we earn our way to heaven if we do. It's because we love Jesus. And I can't think of a better time to do it in today's service than right now. When we're talking through all of the way that he's been so, so good. And now take some time to give back to him out of the abundance that he has given to us. So I'm going to invite you to to do this in the the next couple of minutes to just go ahead and give to the Lord. We have different ways to do that. If you have a physical offering today, we're going to be, the ushers will receive those from you on the way out. It's not about pushing to get money. It's about us giving out of the, the love of our hearts to the Lord and gratitude of our hearts to the Lord.
In fact, God loves a very cheerful giver. And so we want to give you that opportunity right now to give to the Lord. Bless us, Lord. Thank you. I just have to thank you for running after me. You didn't leave me alone. You didn't, for years, I was confused, and you just kept after me. And I remember that day that you made sense of it all, and I came into that relationship with you. I thank you for that. We give our gifts to you right now, Lord Jesus, because of the wonderful, eternal gift you gave to us. These are just temporal gifts, but I pray that you'll bless my brothers and sisters. Bless us as we give right now and move in us in the next couple of minutes that we have left in this service. Thank you for coming to this earth and making a way for us. I pray this in your powerful name, Lord Jesus. Amen.